0: Come with me as we dive into some of the most intimate diaries a person could share. My mission is to inspire you to push through during the toughest of times, too. Thank you for being here. This is Push Diaries Podcast, and I'm your host, Tess. Hey guys, happy Friday. Just wanted to let you know that I got another episode out for you all. This is part three of Change Your Beliefs to Change Your Life with my therapist Carmen Berzinski. So without further ado, if you haven't, go back and listen to part one and part two, and then come on back and listen to part three. Check in in two more weeks as we will talk about cognitive distortions in part four. Thank you so much for being here. Stay healthy. Here is part three.
1: All right. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can.
1: Okay. How's it going?
0: It's going well. My elevator was put in when I was in Minnesota for my short little stint. I
1: saw that.
0: Yeah, it's super exciting. So I have an elevator now, and the coolest part is I can go to my basement without having to stay in my giant electric chair. It's just not comfortable. You know, it's, like, oversized, so I feel like my knees just, like, hang open, and when I go over bumps, just my knees are just banging around. So I'm really happy about it. I don't know how easy it's going to be. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know how easy it's going to be for me to, like, bring laundry upstairs, but Tyler can do that. At least I can still go down there and help, you know?
1: Right. Of course. Yeah, I'm really... You me, like, a video of, like, how... It's hard for me to conceptualize it, like, the picture you sent me. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard for me to, like, how does that work?
0: Right. Well, it doesn't help that I sent you a picture, like, in the dark. (laughs) So, I will definitely get some photos during the day and send you a video. It is pretty cool, so...
1: I would love to see that.
0: Yeah, that's really good.
1: When, when I was a kid my mom had um like a like a lift chair that goes up and down stairs. Yes. That thing was I admit that thing was fun to ride when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cuz your mom just needed help getting up the stairs but she could get around okay once she was on the floor or
1: Yeah, she could still walk. She just had severe rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear that. We did have someone come out and give us a consultation and yeah. it was crazy, but I'm pretty sure the price was more than this lift. Like it was it would have been like 23 or 24,000 instead of 20,000 and 20,000 as you know is not yeah. a common amount of money that people have just laying around, so No, right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, but Anyway, this is better because then I don't have to have, like, a wheelchair sitting downstairs and then have a different one upstairs. And Right? But that's great. Yeah. So I really want to get through these guideposts with you. Let's do
1: it, maybe. Yeah,
0: let's try to start. And I know, like like you said, it's nothing to it. rush. So if, you know, if we get caught up talking on a point, that's okay. I don't want you to feel like it's yeah. bad, you know?
1: Hi. I think we'll be able to be
0: okay. I think so, too. And like you said, this is good for anybody to listen to, but not not only that, but it's like I'm really letting people in on, like, some personal stuff with this, which I wanted to do. Yeah. But it's like you yeah. and I would have gone through it anyways. So Right. So, yeah, I think we ended off on Guidepost 7. I'm definitely going to need your help with the distortions. We'll see. Well,
1: and let me pull it up on my computer here real quick, too. So yes. I'll find my inventory results. <laughs> that's all I need. Okay. My results. There we go. Um So
0: we're
1: on 7. Yep. Wasn't it weird that there's no 5? I wonder. I can't remember why the-
0: Yeah, cuz it why was we- about it was about the spirituality and they just oh, yeah, basically right. said, yeah, they yep. can't cram it all into Absolutely.
1: one. On mhm.
0: Which I feel like that's cool. I think it's cool that there's one that's like a little bit up in the air. And we can talk about that more too. But um, okay. yeah, so seven was cultivating play and rest, letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. I think that's a that's a pretty, I mean, all of these guideposts are really amazing, but I feel like this one really pertains to people, especially during a pandemic because- you're, it's like nose to the grindstone, but nobody knows how to take a break, right? It's like... Yeah. Or we let those distortions r- rule us where it's like you're constantly worrying or fearing. So this one says, this guidepost has two big elements. First, play. There are a few key properties of play. The first one is, it's time spent without purpose. And two, it's something you don't want to end. Like you don't lose, it says lose track of time. Mm -hmm. So it's challenging you to lose track of time, right? Like there's no purpose and you can lose track of time, I guess is what it's saying. And it says number three, it dissolves your hyper self-consciousness. You lose yourself in the action. And I mean, that kind of goes without us explaining, right? I could read some of this, but yeah.
1: Yes, like I feel like that. That definitely goes without explaining because, well, I'd like to add a layer in. Please do. Like exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth, right? Like, so like if I, like let's discuss that exhaustion as a status symbol just a tiny bit. Yeah. Like for your own, like for you, like how you identify, what does that mean to you? And do you remember where you fell on this scale? On
0: this one? I don't remember where I fell on it. I should pull up my results. Honestly, Carmen, the first thing I thought of when I read that really had nothing to do with me. And I just thought of all my friends and like any, like my sister and any person who's a parent who like is a full time parent around the clock while also working another job right now Mm -hmm. and how hard that must be. For me, I just pulled up my results, and I landed, like, right in the middle. I guess I'm a little bit toward play and rest. Like, my guidepost is a little bit heavier on the cultivating, which I'm happy to see, but...
1: Yeah. Well, this is where we cue in depression. Yeah. Okay. So... I mean, that's the really thing. Like, if we don't find time for play, whatever that means to a person, it doesn't have to mean, you know, what it did when we were a kid. For me, it you know, when I play and rest is like sometimes I'm totally zoning out on a movie or, um, yeah. you know, I, I range in my level of healthiness, let's say, and coping skills. But, like, sometimes zoning out on a movie, like, so I can turn my mind off is a really big deal. Yeah. Because most movies don't get me to do that.
0: Yeah, same.
1: Or like I,
0: I've developed a winner goal list for myself. That's awesome.
1: And so, things I want to do: meditate. That for me is play. Like that doesn't mean that I have to do it in a specific methodical manner, right? Or
0: in a playful way where you're giggling. You're just literally saying meditation is a time where you don't keep track of time. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Right? Yeah, which is um, also why you said, I think it was the last time we talked, you were like, and it might not even been when we recorded, it might have been one of these times in between during one of my sessions, but how, oh gosh, I just totally lost my train of thought. Good Lord, this happens to me sometimes. But how like, oh, how you were saying meditation is something everybody should do. Like, that's a perfect example. It's not necessarily play obviously you're like you're not giggling and laughing because when i think of play i think of like being childish but yeah meditation is another form of allowing yourself to rest where you're not focused on exhaustion or productivity you're just being present right and does this sort of tie into journaling too i mean um no no do you set an alarm for 15 minutes or do you let yourself just rant until you're done?
1: Um, well, I am more of a like guided, like I have this book that I, um, uh, it's the 52 list project. So, um, like for each season, like I'm not like a, uh, specifically me journaling isn't a method that works for me. Like it doesn't okay. help me. Whereas like meditation more helps me journal. Like, um, Like, I'll tell you, like, a winter, like, in the winter contents of this, like, type of journal, you know, one of them is, list your goals Dreams for this year. Did it. Um, List two would be, list your favorite characters from books and movies. Like, it's like about, it's almost like there used to be, oh, you have, I bet you, you would like these, these, like, journal prompts, and there's these books, they're called Getting to Know Yourself. Or something
0: like that. Yeah, I feel like in that, that would help me for sure, especially post, post-disability, post because it's like, you know, like you're saying, some of the ways I used to play are different now, obviously, right? Like, right. I don't run or go for a hike when I want to play anymore. Like, those aren't things I can do, so. Right. But in the summer, I love to go out on my deck and rest in the sunlight. Like, I love to sit in the sun like a turtle. Or roll down a sidewalk, right? Like, yes. So, and that's well, what.
1: Here's the thing that's really important, though. And yeah. I, I don't know if this, she talks about this, but this is one thing I think is really important. I can't remember for sure, but like the mindset, the playful mindset, right? Yeah. Like, like how would you approach doing laundry if you were having fun?
0: I mean, I would turn on music and I would like turn the lights on and make sure I have a clean space to work and I would fold my laundry. Or one thing I like to do is like turn a TV show on that I really enjoy. And it's for me, it's like stuff I have to look forward to. Like I, I'm kind of the same as you where movies don't always tickle my fancy. Like I feel like I need to be looking forward to an episode of a season I've never watched, you know, mm-hmm. like a new yeah, show yeah. that I'm looking yeah. forward to, that like I can really like submerse myself in. But then I feel like I'm zoning out, and something like meditation would be way better. But
1: <laughs> it, but you know what I mean. Like that's what I said. Like, like how would I handle this if I were
0: having fun with it. Yeah. I mean, I guess being okay with not finishing, right? Like so many times we get so ahead of ourselves and we think like, oh, I'm not productive or I'm not doing something good or I don't have a good status symbol for myself as a good mom because if I don't get all the dishes done, then, you know, X, Y, or Z, you feel like crap. But if you can just start them and be happy with what you get accomplished i guess that's a good thing to learn how to do right
1: yeah yeah Um, so that's kind of like um and also like that that whole idea of exhaustion is a status symbol like meaning like if i don't do all the things that i need to do i'm a lazy whatever yeah and like how we get in our shame tapes there too.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. I and mean,
1: all of these really like the other side of it is the shame tapes. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah. No, for I me, think I it's feel like this one good. really
1: speaks to that perfectionism. Yeah. Perfectionist in people and how the cycle of depression is influenced by perfectionism.
0: Yeah. And so, and even time in our society, right? Like. We're so obsessed with time. Like, it's good to be on time for things. It's good to be not late for work. And it's good to make sure you get that, you know, report in to work or whatever on time when it's necessary for you to finish it. But, like, I also feel like our society is so obsessed with time.
1: Well, time is the thing that causes everything in three-dimensional reality to function.
0: Yeah. But it's kind of messed up. Like it's, Uh it's super messed up. Like when I think about depression, and again, especially this is interesting because we're talking about this during the pandemic. But it's like now it feels like so many people have all this time, but they don't know how to prioritize it or how to make it make sense. You know, how do they make sense working from home, but then being able to then go into a state of play or rest. Like, that's pretty stinking hard to do, right? Like, Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, that's one of the things about that we've all had a hard time adjusting with is that I'm kind of a person who has energetic spaces. Like, if I'm at work, I'm in a certain place, or if I'm, you know, relaxing, I'm in a certain place, or if, you know, in my house, right? Like, so I'm really trying to redo my agreements about that. Like that's why I always sort of struggle with I want to work at from home and there's no reason why I couldn't, but it would be hard for me to switch modes. Yeah. So I'm trying to live less
0: in modes and being more authentic. Yeah, and I think that's good. I love that our relationship has allowed you to be at home because I'm so glad to still have you. <laughs> As someone who knows me and knows what I've been through, especially during such a big move, like, I'm super Uh, thankful for that, that you, like, are excited about doing tele-counseling. And, again, with this pandemic, that's kind of the way things are shifting, right?
1: Yeah. You know, honestly, it's – there's all kinds of people. For some people, they don't like it because they have it. Well, you know sometimes you got to just try it but yeah people actually really like it
0: yeah yeah well um, i definitely had think this people is good. ask
1: me you know like when this stuff kind of changes back to quote-unquote normal do you think we can keep doing it this way and i was like ah, sure yeah like
0: There's that's great <sighs>
1: no reason we can't
0: yeah know? And I love that you're talking about authenticity because the very next guidepost, it seems to be doing this for us, is cultivating (laughs) calm and stillness and letting go of anxiety as a lifestyle. Because it's like Mm -hmm. if your job is causing anxiety in your life because you're having to be less authentic because you have to be in a rigid lifestyle where you're going into an office and that's not fitting for you, like – that's good and for me too i guess obviously this podcast is huge i'm glad i'm doing this and my you know free time or as work but like i think for me too as someone with a disability i need to make sure that the jobs that i have in the future are not anxiety inducing for me right. because yep. i'm much more easily induced by anxiety i don't know i don't I'm using oh, like trigger. pregnancy terminology oh, right now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: I would say maybe trigger.
0: Yeah, triggers it for sure. Yeah. Like, no offense to SemSil, but when I worked at Semcil, that triggered a lot of anxiety because it, yes, it was hard. It didn't feel like they were very understanding of those time constraints. And as a woman with right. a disability, like right. if I pee my pants halfway through the day like sorry i have to take an extra 15 minutes like i'm not i'm not gonna those types of jobs don't
1: work for you you know you've got to be able to have flexibility and you're self-motivated to like a lot of a lot of people that work in those types of jobs kind of struggle to like you know to become a private practice owner. you really got to be disciplined yeah you got to be a self-starter and that's a lot of what you are you know yeah
0: yeah, but then I'm also, like, way too timid, and now I'm going down a rabbit hole, but, like, sometimes I'm too <laughs> timid or fearful of something, and I'm so glad that... Well,
1: that's anxiety as a lifestyle.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a distortion right there, which we'll visit, yep. so that's good. And I guess that's that kind of ties in, too, to the first or second episode we did together when we talked about scarcity. Like, I guess mm-hmm. I've become used to not having The resources i need in my life so therefore it's a normal reaction for me to panic or worry yeah and that's what brene brown is trying to help us not do right like right this says imagine you have a pot of boiling water on the stove and again this is um guidepost eight for those of you that are Distracted by my rabbit holing. (laughs) It says you want to cool it down, so you add a block of ice to the water. This cools it down briefly, but soon enough, the heat is back and the water is boiling. So you add more ice, and the process continues to repeat. Soon enough, you're out of ice and the water is boiling over. But what if you slowed down enough to turn down the heat on the stove, or better yet, turn it off entirely or lift the pan off of the burner? This is the approach many people take with anxiety. They think anxiety always has been around in the past. I just need a better way to manage it. Which is like looking for bigger ice cubes instead of figuring out how to turn off the stove. And understanding how to turn off that stove requires space in your life for calm and stillness. This is time for emotional processing and self-regulation to feel what's going on in your life question feel it dream and explore possibilities right
1: there's a lot in this one so i'll try to condense it as much as i can but this is where most people who end up in therapy live yeah and so it's almost like you know we've talked a lot about we do what we know even if it's painful right like we talk about like, this breaking the habit of being yourself. Like, we do what we know, even if it's painful. Because it's what we know. Yeah. Because when we're in the unknown, we are, we have anxiety, or we're in fear, or we're afraid that, you know, of not, like, being able to, like, predict our future, or living from our past, you know? Like, yeah. this is where we can put anxiety down. Now, subconsciously, I want to also note that, the way that that was worded may lead someone to believe that anxiety won't exist if they do blah, blah, blah. And that's not true. Like, right. Anxiety equals anxious. Anxious is an emotion. Yeah. Which then triggers can trigger a state of anxiety. Right. So we're going to have times where we have anxiety, like, we, you know, there's good anxiety too. Like we forget. Like, when I'm excited to go on a trip, or I'm going to see so-and-so, or, you know, I'm going to get to whatever I get to do yeah. that causes me excitement, it is a version of positive anxiety.
0: Right. Right.
1: So, like, anxiety is a lifestyle, though, they're, you know, Bray's specifically talking about not knowing how to put it down. And, you know, that whole pen analogy. Pencil? We did that. Remember when I was Oh the yes, pen
0: yes, yes, yes,
1: And I threw it, or you can hold it in your hand. and you don't have to squeeze the out out of it. I don't know how to convey that in a Yeah,
0: or you can set it down. Like it can be with you in the room, but it doesn't have to be the focus of all of your effort or all of your physical connection. You know, and that's the same with anxiety. Like, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, it's kind of like.
1: Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find an
0: image. Ooh, I like images. And
1: maybe you can just link it.
0: Oh yeah, I'd love to do that. And again, meditation is like the the. You know how on the end of each guide post it says the practicing, it yeah. says start a daily meditation practice. Even as little as two minutes every day makes a big difference. Not sure where to begin. I assemble a free. It says I assembled a free guided meditation bundle pack you can download here. So I will also link that to this guidepost, guidepost eight. You're gonna send the image and this brene mm-hmm. thing. I, I don't found know it, so I'll send this to you. Awesome. What is the image though? Can you describe it? It's um
1: yeah, it's a, a person that's sort of got a rope wrapped around their hand really tight, right? And so the graphic says this is this is conveying the same thing. Sometimes holding on does more damage than actually letting go. Yeah. So, and that's what we're talking about is there's ways of there's ways of letting go rather than you know we feel like we need to keep it whatever close to our chest and we hold on to it for dear life sometimes, but really. If you imagine you know you could have you could you know, okay, so for a second, you could imagine you pick up a pen and you hold it really tight, you squeeze it, and you're squeezing it and squeezing it and you identify that this pen or pencil, whatever you're holding on tightly, is the thing in your life that's causing you pain. But yeah. what would be what would it be like? We're always the reason we hold on to everything like that so tightly is because we think that what we need to do is throw that across the room, right? Like right. I think that that's what letting go is.
0: Yeah, yeah. But really, Again, in
1: actuality, yeah. what we could do instead, which is also letting go, is just open your hand and hold it in your hand with an open hand. Yeah. You do a good job.
0: Yeah, that's very good. And then you okay. set it down next to you. No, that's very good. That... Again, it's like you throwing the pencil or grabbing onto that rope where it's literally leaving burns on your hand is right. the same as her analogy of the pot of water boiling over. And you're just saying, right. like, you can handle your anxiety in a healthier way. And it's funny that right. that's not normal for us. Like, it's funny that that's not a normal thing that people just get. Yeah. Um but it's an important reminder because, again, people get caught up in time or in their to-do list or in their thinking of, oh, if I don't get all this done, then I'm not a good mom. Or if I don't get all this done, then. All right. Yeah. And that's kind of dangerous to get into, too. So For sure. Yeah, I like this one. It says um, create space for introspection v- via solitude and journaling. Give yourself the opportunity to understand yourself more deeply. What patterns of behavior are serving you in life? Which ones aren't?
1: Back to the four agreements.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's great. And I even think like how this says start off with two minutes of meditation, like going from no meditation every day to two minutes. People would think like, you know, they'd scoff at that and be like, oh, two minutes is nothing, but, like, you're a testament, Carmen, to showing how that works because you do it every morning and it just helps you stay on track, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: As That's a right. person who meditates, like, how has it changed your life?
1: Oh, my stress. I mean, I manage stress so much better. Things don't, you know, it's almost like, if you think about it, um, like monks. Monks are trained to not be affected by anything. I mean, they meditate like I'm not saying I want to be a monk because I don't but if you think about it like it helps them not live in survival mode right like so the biggest thing about meditation is for me is tapping into you know that unknown and stepping out of my comfort zone right where the magic happens that's how I do it yeah and that's where I work on creating from rather than um where I, you know, I live in my agree- my four agreements, right? Like
0: Instead of trying to survive. To
1: that, right. Yeah. So that's how the four agreements come back is that space of like what patterns of behavior are serving you and which ones aren't. And that's what we talk about with the four agreements, right? We learn about the domestication of humans in the four agreements and how intergenerational trauma sort of happens right and so there's these agreements that are passed down and belief systems that are passed on from you know your grandparents and your grandparents and your parents and and then we're living and we're walking through life with these sort of like ways of seeing the world and we don't realize that maybe it doesn't fit for us but we keep trying to make it fit yeah it makes life pretty painful
0: yeah it sure does
1: And so when we can step back and take a look at identifying whatever agreement it is and then deciding if we want to keep it at that point or revamp it or not have it at all, that's where our power lies.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where
1: the healing gets to happen.
0: Yeah. You know? It's pretty amazing. I feel like I need to do meditation every day, but also like – record myself telling me to buck up and look at my four agreements you know like because you're right it's so easy to slip back into what we've been taught and what is our genetic disposition of how we handle things and it's like there's so much freedom in knowing that you can rewrite some of that
1: Mm -hmm, for sure um a layer I've been adding in, just so you, is, is this woman Diane Poole Heller? She yes. Um, is attachment special attachment theory specialist? Oh, I love her. She's really made the world in that, op- in my opinion. Just like Brené has really paved the path for courage and bravery and vulnerability and yeah, you know, letting go of shame and yeah. Don has allowed us to identify these intergenerational trauma, um, morals that follow us when we don't need to have that, you know, like, this woman is, she's, she's, um, she's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. another time, but. No, no, that's good that you bring her up, because we actually talked about her, I think in the first episode you had, and I. I found, like, three YouTube videos of her talking about attachment styles. Oh, about
1: taking things personally. The, her you, She's got a really nice YouTube video about attachment styles and how to not take things personally that would be really good. Okay, I'm going to add that
0: one. How to not take I'll things personally. It. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll see. Diane.
0: No, I think that's good. Um,
1: and then she's got an attachment quiz,
0: too cool. Um, See, I would yes. I want to take that quiz. Um and I love too that these women like are bringing in equality or inclusivity like and that's one big reason again why the 5 isn't there. I guess going back to spirituality, it's like one thing that can connect us all is meditation and mm-hmm. um You know, figuring out what your moral compass is or your four agreements are, re kind of re re rewrite. Oh my gosh, I can't talk. Rewriting your narrative, right? Because it's doing exactly the opposite of what we've all been taught to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Definitely. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Cause I'm definitely gonna add those in too. Um, yes. I love that we have links like that separate each different episode we do. So anything that comes up again, I can just double link it and that will be good because not everybody listens to every episode. They might just click on this one right. and be like, all right, let's listen to Carmen and Tess today. <laughs> right. Hey there! I'm a born Minnesotan, now Michigan girl whose life was thrown into an ineffable state of uncertainty in 2014. I was 24 years old and diagnosed with a rare deadly tumor. Superhuman doctors at the Mayo Clinic of Rochester, Minnesota saved my life by cutting me in half, then putting me back together again with my leg bone. We decided to put me in a cauldron full of chemotherapy drugs for nearly a year in hopes of killing the mutated cells, while my incisions in my skin from three days of surgery took seven months to heal. It was so tough, but I'm so glad I'm here with you all on the other side. My fiancé Tyler and I have started creating bonus content for our Patreon supporters. Patreon gives creators the tools needed to acquire, manage, and energize their paying patrons. Having to ask people for money is difficult, and your support of this show is greatly appreciated. Thank you for sharing in my dream, and be sure to check out the bonus content online at patreon.com for slash push diaries podcast let's get back to the show okay so guidepost nine is cultivating me- meaningful work letting go of self-doubt and supposed to and this kind of ties in with the last two right like giving up stuff that you don't want to do and really fostering the stuff that brings joy right like
1: yeah
0: um it says meaningful work doesn't necessarily refer yes, all those supposed to Yeah, to how you earn sure. a living. And we talked about this. You gave that great example of like how if people grew up with family members working in a factory or something, how yeah. you can go away from that and do something totally different. Right. Um it says Brown uses it to to refer to the fact that we all have gifts and talents, and when we don't use them, we feel distressed because we know we're capable of something more. Committing to using these gifts and talents isn't easy. One of the big barriers is doubting the fact that we have gifts in the first place or defaulting to doing what we're supposed to do to fit in. I love this one because yes. I think everybody could relate to this. It's all should. <laughs> Yeah. Shoulding. And, so all over yourself. Yeah, and Tyler and I just watched um the Elton John movie. Um, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm blanking on what it's called. Um, but I anyways, yeah, I know that's really sad. But I will also link his movie because it's amazing. But. You know, his mom and dad really doubted him in the beginning. Like, they told him as a young boy, like, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. And here he is, like, at five years old, playing full songs that he wrote, like, on his piano. It's just amazing. So right. did he do what, he, what his dad told him to do, like, go be a lawyer or a banker and make a bunch of money? No, he no. took a totally different route and now look at, you know, and obviously fame isn't the end goal, but, like, Right. The end goal was he stayed true to himself and did what he wanted to do. And he did. I think he's a good example too, because like his sexuality was not straight, run of the mill, male and female heterosexual relationships. So, right. That's totally separate, but also like being true to yourself to its core. That's important, obviously. And living
1: in your truth. Yeah. That's really important is that. You get to live in your truth because if you're living in your truth, then you know you're more resilient
0: and mm-hmm. absolutely all kinds of things. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't mind Macy lapping up water in the background there, but you know she's Can't a dog. So we're good. Well, good. And if people can, you know, I'm sorry. It's just what what uh, life has during quarantine. It's a dog. It's a dog. Do. Yeah. Don't you like dogs? If you don't, sorry. Because <laughs> I love her. Um. It says, I mean, start practicing, reflect on your own unique gifts, sharing them with the world. Uh, It says, Howard Thurman instructs, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. I mean, I guess that's true. It's kind of like, who would want, like, yeah, Carmen, if you hated therapy, you'd be an awful therapist, right? But because right. you believe in what you do, you're good at it, right?
1: Exactly. Well, be, I believe in it. That doesn't necessarily mean that I'm good at it. It's, you know, it's um like I talked about with uh, Joe Dispenza in the meditation, right? Like what he yeah. says is like, this is the clearest example that everybody can get behind, so that's why I'm going to use it. But he's like, if you want to be wealthy, what do you do? You study what wealthy people do. Right? Yeah. So that's kind of what, you know, like I've always wanted to, so I studied because that's what I wanted to do. You know, and doesn't necessarily mean that I mean, we all want things and like, you know, I wanted to be a freaking astronaut when I was a child, you know, like Yeah.
0: Well that's cool. And
1: <laughs> <no. laughs> I'm kidding. Like I'm just using that as an example. Oh. But like if we get that leads back into this comparison trap, right? There's all these like subtle subconscious things that kinda kick in with people and that's why it's really, you know, like I feel like important to remind everybody right now that these guideposts are on a continuum. Right. They're not on the either you're living in, you know, uh, what is it? Self doubt and supposed to's or you're having meaningful work meaningful work. Like Yeah.
0: We're not, not expecting, yeah, it's we're not a, we're not expecting people to be perfect all the time. These guideposts right. are guideposts you can look back at all the time, and that's what's cool about the agreements, too, Carmen, that you keep bringing that up because if you are having an issue in a relationship and you're worried like I feel like I've done everything I can do on my end. Not saying that you have to, like, peg the other person and blame them, right? But, like, just understanding that you've done all you can and maybe the reason they can't meet you where you're at is because they're not ready to be there yet, like, mm-hmm. and then it just makes you feel less guilty, Stages right? Stages of change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People
1: are uh, different phases of changing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I wrote in here, I didn't write too many like big orange notes, but one big orange note I wrote, I love that being a Christian has allowed me to promote encouragement to those around me. I am an empath through and through and when others hurt, I hurt. I realize I need to keep my cup full and not drain myself um, dry or let my pot boil over at the expense of myself. That's you know, right. it's like I constantly think, what would Jesus do? He would choose to love others. It's that simple. I would trust and know that so I too will love myself and others, but will not wallow in the darkness with those I love. So I thought that's right. Yeah. It's 100%. like I'm not, you know, touting around Jesus or like trying to sell someone who doesn't believe in Jesus to live like him. All I'm saying is he's. His teachings have taught me how to separate myself and love myself and not shut on myself. I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, and he's a good example. Yeah, sure.
0: and I know Carmen. You and I have talked about this a lot too. But people feel really cheated by mainstream churches and and yeah, the way they handle things because sometimes yeah. the people that are being shut on by the church wouldn't even shut on themselves. But they become paranoid or guilty or shameful because of what people have put on them. And that sucks, too. Like, nobody needs that BS, right? Um, No, they don't. No. Do you have anything? That's where
1: all those supposed to things kick in. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, So, how... What would you suggest, Tess? What would you suggest for someone to step away from all of the supposed tos? Self-doubt can mask itself as indecisiveness, too. Like, if we're afraid, like in relationships, right? Yeah. Um, Like, if we're afraid to, because we're either, I mean, maybe we struggle with codependency a little bit, or yeah. we're just kind of passive, Yeah. or, I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter, but if we're afraid... Um, I wouldn't necessarily say always afraid, but, you know, if you're a person who's like, well, you know, I can't, what do you want for supper? We could do this or we could do this. What do you want? And the other person says, and this is the age old thing in a relationship, right? And the other person says, well, I don't know. What do you want? And then the other person's like, I don't know. What do you want? Yeah. And someone finally says what they want and the other person's like, oh. I didn't really want that. And then Yeah. The other person's like, well, why did you ask me that in the first place? You know, this whole thing,
0: right? Yeah. It's so dumb. So, I would right, say communication. But, that's what I do when I am indecisive. I mean, and sometimes that doesn't lead me to anything productive if I'm feeling unsure myself. But it, when if we you
1: think about it, like, think about it for a second, though. Like, if you think about it, instead, if you like, you know, I was really in the mood for, you know, we could have Indian I, I we could have Indian food or we could have pasta. I'm more in the mood for Indian food. What are you more in the mood for? And if someone's are like, well, I'm kind of in the mood for pasta, you could then be like, well, how do we get Indian food and pasta at the same time? Or yeah. how about we have Indian food today and then this weekend we could go get pasta? Yeah. Or, you know, like there's all these different ways of approaching it rather than it's kind of like. Instead of living in self doubt, say what you want, express the need, right? Express the bid, and stand in it rather than tiptoeing. Right? Yeah, like self doubt is also indecisive.
0: Oh yeah, that's
1: kind of important to like, in my opinion, like guide plus nine is. I
0: kind agree. Of important. Oh yeah, because then again, shame and guilt can come from you not being not standing your ground or.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: wallowing and poor uh-huh. me. Or oh, okay. I guess we can do that. Well, then it's like okay. Well, you just have to speak up for what you want. Then, darn it. Right. Okay, that is good. Um, I wonder what my result is on that. I kind of want to go click. <laughs> I kind of want to go click and see what <laughs> I had for nine now because I bet. Oh, I'm surprised to see that I'm actually. Uh, a little over half again on that one, too. But the last two we talked about, like Anxiety as a Lifestyle, that was Guidepost yeah. 8. I'm yeah. way below middle on that bad boy, but I'm not too surprised to see that. And honestly, Carmen, I think a big reason for that is I'm still figuring out a norm around my disability. And that's like a very honest thing to say. And for sure. And for those of you that know me, that's no surprise because it's hard. It's like a... Health is such a health adds such a tough thing to this stuff because again with time it's like we're constantly worrying oh how much time do we have you know it's like when you and I first met you were kind of teaching me how to not be sick like not live through a mm-hmm. sick lens mm-hmm. so
1: it's hard to learn how to be well
0: yeah yeah so
1: you know like yeah that's that's pretty pretty important
0: it is um, and like you said it's I mean, a lifelong thing this isn't something we learn overnight
1: no and i guess it'd be good to point out right now is that you had the same reaction as most people do that i've shared that with that 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 inventory to take if they they get disappointed by the results like they're not happy that it you know that they, they want to see they want to they want to see it all on one side and they don't want to look at things that they might need work on yeah for me the one thing i need the most work on is the numbing and the powerlessness guidepost three and resilient spirit yeah so that i need to cultivate more of
0: yeah which is why you do meditating right or like what do you think of when you could do more resilient spirit cultivating
1: say that again i'm sorry like I what hear you oh well, no
0: it's okay like what do you think of when you think of resilient spirit and cultivating that like when you when numbing and powerlessness get the best of you like what can you do that cultivates the opposite like what's so hard about that is that an okay thing to ask
1: <laughs> yeah yep yeah. um well, I'm more of a, I used to be more of an introvert, and I'm more, I mean, I'm more extrovert, and I'm more introverted now, and oh. so it was a lot of the transition around that, where I thought, you know, uh, like, the time I needed to take a loan, I didn't quite know how to do it in, a, like, a resilient way. Yeah. Right? Like, resilience is a big skill, like. It and is. I, and I have a lot of resilience. I'll be honest, I haven't. But I don't necessarily live in it. You yeah.
0: See? Yeah, no, because I I hear you.
1: Sometimes, you know, when you're so overwhelmed, right? Yeah. Like, what is my numbing strategies? Right? Like, what do I do to numb out? And how often am I living in that versus, right? Yeah. Like, how do I develop more resilience? Like, my resilience is my ability to bounce back. Right? So, if I'm just acting... And I'm living and numbing myself out rather than filling up my bank account, let's say, so when something happens in my life, I feel like I have a lot of things to tap into. Whereas if I'm just numbing out and something happens in my life, I feel even more exhausted. Right. Does that make sense? No,
0: it totally does. It's Right. and, and, And so,
1: yeah. especially during the beginning of the pandemic, that's when I took this quiz, um... You know, I was obviously numbing out quite a bit because, I mean, I was a busy person before, so I didn't quite know how to fill up my time. Yeah,
0: yeah, this has been so hard on everybody, and like I said, my lowest guidepost was eight, the anxiety is a lifestyle, and I numb myself out too, you know that about me, I have been very honest with you about that, and I mean... I know I will talk about this more on the podcast later, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, pain was something that I was really trying to figure out how to live with. And I was introduced to medical marijuana and it – and and not med- medicinal, just marijuana. And right. it helped me a lot. Like, when I was coming off of chemotherapy and, like, oh, for sure. I was sweating – my balls off that I never even had and, Uh you know, I felt feverish and anxious, like that would help me sleep. So then as I become more independent and move away from a lot of my support systems and work from home, I hear you about the numbing out. Now it's like days I'm not in pain, sometimes I might still want to have a little bit because that's become a coping skill that isn't necessarily healthy. So now how do I flip that during a pandemic? Right. I mean, I can only imagine too, because I understand your example how you said you used to be really extroverted and now you realize to be resilient you have to be more introverted. That's what you said, right? Or did I say that backwards? Yeah. For me. And and I think there's some truth to that with me too before my disability, I was very outgoing. I, it was easy for me to kind of lay myself flat for other people and bounce back. Like that was no problem. And now I have to take better care of myself. And I guess I'm noticing that more. So these guideposts are super interesting to me for that matter. And the more we take these tests too, I guess, the more we understand it and, and we might look at it through a little bit different lens, right? Like Yeah. Maybe retaking this quiz in a year would be an interesting thing to look at.
1: Oh, I would I do it like once a quarter.
0: Oh, you really do? Like once every three months. Oh, that's sweet.
1: Like like building awareness. Like why not?
0: Yeah, why not? I mean, that-
1: that attachment style quiz i take that probably once a quarter just to you know i i practice what i preach so that's it's so not, cool yeah like you know i mean just to see what's shifting and what's going on in my world like it's a you know i'm trying to bring the subconscious parts of me into the awareness too and so when yeah. i take these quizzes it kind of gives me scope of to like Okay, so it'd be nice to, it's nice that I can see that I really like the daring values. I know we're not down there yet, but for me, that's like the furthest. And then perfectionism and self-compassion, number two, like, I'm rocking it at self-compassion. That's good. And I'm rocking it at values, clarity, and commitment. You know, I'm, I can cultivate, I can continue to cultivate that. Like, I've already developed a lot of the skills for that, so therefore, I can easily cultivate it, whereas right, yeah, resilient spirit is something that
0: is taken I a usually more. tap
1: into when I'm in a survival mode, right, yeah, where instead, I can work on cultivating more resiliency when I'm not in survival mode,
0: yeah, yeah, I hear you, I mean, I think. Is it also, it's probably also common that as you see one area go up on this guidepost, you'll see the others go up too, maybe a little. Oh, sure. Because if you can learn how to be calm and still, that will obviously help your resilient spirit or your gratitude. So like, these all complement each other. And I think that's a good segue, Carmen, actually, to go talk about Guidepost 10, the value of Clarity and commitment versus unclear and uncommitted values. Or wait, yeah. I guess we have to do 10 first, right? That's laughter, song, and dance. Right. Um. So there's actually like eleven guideposts. That's kind of cool. I guess I didn't realize that. So.
1: Well, when it's you know, it, it, there's ten, but then there's a value scale. So. Yeah. Okay. Like where you are in living in your value system. Yeah.
0: So are you cool? Let's just wrap up. Um the guideposts and the values, the last guidepost, which is technically 11. Let's wrap up these last two because we only have 10 more minutes. For sure. And then we can talk about um, those cognitive distortions on another episode. I feel like that's actually going to be good to talk about because as I scroll down at my notes, I I did actually write a lot and I kind of want you to be tough on me and like (laughs) pull out some examples because, I mean... Honestly, if I'm really uncomfortable with it, we can edit it out later, but like right. Even being vulnerable about my marijuana use with pain control, like that's nothing I should be ashamed of, yet. No. It's something that my, you know, I want to pull back and like take that back, but I'm not going to, right. you know? So right. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, those distortions it. next time if you're cool with that.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, guidepost 10, because we're done with 9, it says cultivating yeah. laughter, song, and dance, and letting go of cool and always in control. So, this is, like, right. for the p- perfectionists, right? Like,
1: Yes, this is where another, like, triggering into depression happens, the cycle of perfectionism and depression.
0: Yeah, it says type A, achievement-oriented people, struggle with finding, play, rest, laughter, song, and dance because it feels like a luxury. That's pretty sad, and I never thought of myself as a perfectionist, but, like, I definitely can be sometimes depending on what we're talking about. But Mm -hmm. it says, A life without laughter, song, and dance would be undoubtedly missing something. Brown summarizes what these activities bring to our lives. Laughter, song, and dance create emotional and spiritual connection. They remind us of the thing that truly matters when we are searching for comfort, celebration, inspiration, or healing. We are not alone. Um, Right. It says, laughter in particular is a core element of resilience. Without the ability to laugh at yourself and your inevitable missteps, you'll be hard-pressed to continue through adversity.
1: 100% true.
0: This hits a little bit home for me because I feel like... Again, post disability, I'm not very good at laughter. And that's weird, Carmen, because that's some someone that's something in someone who I was so wholeheartedly, like I would make jokes all the time, and now it's like I feel like I make way less of them, which is okay, but I still need to figure out how to be lighthearted. Like I guess I I don't always feel great, though. That's the thing that sucks, is like It says when we feel great we sing and dance more and since feelings follow behavior when we authentically express ourselves through song and dance we feel better. The gremlin that holds us back from laughter, song, and dance is the desire to be seen as cool and always in control. Mm -hmm. Or I guess I could rephrase that and say the desire to be seen as not in pain or not with a disability, I don't know, um, and maybe I need to just be more vulnerable around my disability. I guess we can talk more about that as we go, but that's definitely like right. a nut I'm still trying to crack. And I hate how cliche some of these one liners are that oh, I keep <laughs> saying. Like a nut, it's a nut. It's too hard to crack. And whatever else I said a little while ago, but right, right, um, and then this says the ego tries to protect protect itself the subconscious thought is that if i don't play it cool people will judge me they'll think i'm immature stupid foolish uncool Mm -hmm. but the flip side of that worry is even more powerful as brown shares it when we value being cool and in control or granting ourselves the freedom to unleash the passionate goofy heartfelt and soulful expressions of who we are we betray ourselves when we consistently betray ourselves, we can expect to do the same to the people we love.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, which is, and then she says, which is why I see being weird perceived as a compliment. My aim isn't fitting in. I just want to be true to myself. That is the path to forming authentic connections, and that is what it means to live wholeheartedly. I Yeah, and I guess with my disability and with my pain or even my example of, like, using marijuana, I don't want people to think, like, you know, I'm a drug addict or I am not reliable because I have used that, right? Or, like, I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but if I can just be authentic about my need for it, and I know you and I have talked about, like, me finding strains that are medicinal that actually do help with sleep you know when you're in pain like that's nothing to be ashamed of so i need to figure out a way of like treating it truly like a medication but not relying on it just because i want to numb out you know right
1: so this is where this is gonna i don't know if this is gonna make sense hope it does
0: it's okay if it doesn't. We can take it out if it doesn't. Okay. So go for it, so girl. this is
1: where, like, um, like as a therapist, it's very helpful. I just sent you another thing because, like, about the laughter. Yeah. Before I go into that, the laughter. Like, um, I remember Joe talking, Joe Dispenza talking about, like, like, raising your energy or, like, living in an, emo- like, living in, like, how to feel positive emotions or, like, how to allow yourself to, to be, a, to have a positive experience because we're all wired to sort of, like, this is where the calm and cool thing kicks in with the ego. And so I sent you a video, a YouTube video of a man laughing and how it's causing everybody else to laugh, like, it's, oh, like the effect of, like, that, that is how we feel. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's really important.
0: All right. Like, I'm gonna link that too. And
1: it's, it's hilarious to laugh at that. But,
0: that's great. So
1: this is like the one thing like as a therapist. Yeah. Right? Where like if you're not if if I could give advice There's many things I could give, like, to people who do therapy with people, but one of the biggest things I work on when I'm getting to know somebody is learning how they see the world. Like, I want to know how you perceive the world because that'll help me understand if you have a narrow focus or a wide focus or, like, how you experience your world is going to help me help you.
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: Okay. So, like, perspective dictates how you live your life. Like, your life experience is all about your perspective about your life.
0: Yeah. Gosh, Carmen, you're in my head, and I love it. Perspective? Perspective? I love that you brought that up because that has literally been... I don't know why, but just, like, it's been in my head so much over the past two weeks. And I think some of it, too, is Tyler and I are in a marriage class right now. Yeah. And it is. It's so important because what what lens are you looking through, even as someone who's going into a committed, like, long-term relationship with someone? Yeah. You know, some people have such, like, ugly views of marriage and, like, you know – my yeah. my parents' marriage is far from perfect, but, like, they still show up, right, for each other, and they're still each other's, like, confidant. And the beautiful thing about, like, Tyler, too, is, like, his parents, you know, they got divorced. And so right. our perspective is very unique because neither of us want to become our parents' marriages. Right. We want to create our own and without a perspective of what we've been through yeah. and what others expect of us right. so that we can weigh actually what we want and not just do what people tell we tell us we should do is like so important. And yes. it's a good lesson to flip around and put on ourselves too. Like, what is your perspective? What do you want your perspective to be?
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So anyways, thank you. This was really good and thank you for talking.
1: You're welcome. So we have one more, honey.
0: Oh, we do. We have We can we finish that quick? Do you have yeah. another 2 minutes? Okay, you're awesome. I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry cuz I literally didn't even put that on here. Can you help me with number 11 yeah. because that's Yeah, I literally have nothing written down for this. It just says unclear and uncommitted values and then value clarity and commitment so can you can you talk about this one
1: yes um so i'm trying to think of like the best i mean that for me this one goes a lot back to the those four agreements right like this is about your overall assessment of like how you're living in line with your value system and how you might not be because by answering these questions in our wholehearted inventory, you know, it's showing you where you're at in that. So did yeah. yours fall.
0: So this must be almost like an average of what all the other ones were. Mine fell a little bit past halfway. Okay. Um yeah. toward valid, value, clarity, and commitment. So
1: Yeah. So it's what, what that tells me, like, it's more about, like, what is this telling me? Like, this one is, like, it's also a continuum, but it's, you know, it's a way of kind of looking at it, like, okay, well, it feels pretty good to know that I'm being validated, that I live in, you know, I value clarity and commitment, whereas I used to probably be more unclear and have uncommitted values about, like, who I am, right? Like yeah my truth, right? The four agreements. So, yeah. Right. So like when we're living in the like you're in the middle road, right? Like yeah which is nice to know that you're not all the way unclear and uncommitted. Yeah. Right?
0: Very like true.
1: You are on a on a on a progression, right? Like and that depends on what's going on in life and how we're taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like like when are you at your best? When are you not so good? This is less about right or wrong and more about like, how you see yourself connected to your big picture of how you want your life to look.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do really like that that one ties everything together, and I love that you brought up the four agreements again. I'll be sure to link that because, again, if people are struggling to understand the guideposts and dig deeper, the four agreements are really, really good to look at and Joe Dispenza, I know you've brought him up a few times. Again, you guys listen to the HEAL documentary because that's amazing. Is there anything else, Carmen, you want people to link here besides those things that we Um, talked about?
1: I sent you um, that video of of Diane um, and her talk about the attachment styles and how to not take things personally. Because healing from attachment wounds is a lot to do with the four agreements, right? Like intergenerational trauma. Yeah. And then I also sent you the link to her um, attachment style quiz if people want to take it. Sweet. And then I also sent you the YouTube video of the laughing, like humor, like, the reason it's so important to remember, like, for guidepost 10, of, you know, like, always feeling in control, like, we're never re- leaving room for jokes.
0: Right? Yeah. Like,
1: we gotta have fun. Like, if we're not having fun.
0: What are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Yeah. Right. 'Cause nobody wants to be even the people that are straight laced all the time and appear to be perfect, like they aren't and they need a break too, you know? Yeah. Thank you, Carmen. This has been really You're good. Absolutely welcome. Yes. Like, can
1: you do do me a favor? I wanna know if you can hear that. Can you hear that? No. You can't hear that?
0: No, okay. but I don't know if my microphone is picking it up. Sometimes it picks things up that I don't hear, so
1: Okay. Well, it was the, it would be funny, it would be fun to add that laughing on the end of this.
0: Oh, do it. Let's do it.
1: Like the contagious laughing, just a suggestion. Have a laugh. Here, start now.
0: Perfect. Let's do it. Okay, Carmen, you rock. Thank you. I am going to go play that right now. So there's this guy standing in line at a train station and everybody's on their phone and nobody's paying attention. And by the end of the video, he's got like everybody in the line laughing and not even necessarily like busting out laughing, but like even the people that were having a rough day cracked a smile and were able to change their mood just a little bit. That's a pretty great lesson. I hope you all have a super happy, safe holiday. I hope you're all very careful as I've heard COVID cases are on the rise Be sure to wear your masks, use hand sanitizer, stay socially distant, six feet apart at the grocery store or at the doctor. And I'm super excited to hop on here again with Carmen and talk about those cognitive distortions we've been referring to over the past like four to six weeks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please, please submit your stories and Be sure to check back every two weeks and even more often for new episodes from Push Diaries Podcast. And with that, I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Bye! This has been Push Diaries Podcast. Please visit our website at pushdiariespodcast.com to see our mission and learn more about the guests this is your podcast too. I want to hear your stories. Email me at pushdiariespodcast at gmail.com. And consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pushdiariespodcast. Thank you for listening.